What's your thoughts on government cover-ups or covert societies attempting to control humanity? Do you believe in ancient astronauts, intergalactic communication, or extraterrestrial visitations? Ever had an experience with disembodied spirits or the paranormal universe? Are these subjects fact or fiction? Each week, Tony and Eddie explore these unbelievable realities and beyond. Exclusively on Truth Be Told. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie. I'm your host, Tony Sweet. And I'm Eddie Connor. Hi, everybody. Here on Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie, we're thrilled to get our Halloween season underway. That is right, and we want to put a little fright in your Friday night, starting with our first guest. That's right. Debbie Chestnut is here in the house with us. She's an author and paranormal researcher. She's also going to be telling us about some of the haunted places she's visited and give us some real-life experiences that will surely make you shake in your shoes. And Debbie's here to teach our audience about stalking shadows which also is the name of her latest book. We have a feeling her stories will leave you trembling in your... That's what we're banking on. But before you lock your doors and bolt your windows, we'll ask Debbie about her other books, How to Clear Your House of Ghosts and Spirits, as well as Is Your House Haunted? You need to know that one, Tony. Mm -hmm. Many of us have seen doors slam or heard those ghostly footsteps walking across the attic floor. But guess what? Debbie can shed some light on the different types of ghosts that you may have experienced from harmless spirits to destructive entity. And if we're good, Tony, she might even give our listeners a few tips on how to cleanse their houses of those little ghostly boogers that go bump in the night. So please, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together and welcome Debbie Chestnut. Hello, Debbie. Hi, guys. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, here, you know, Eddie Connor is a one of the amazing yeah, the psychics. Sneeze, yeah, the sneezeaholic. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we had a little sneeze before the things we went that happened before we go live. Yeah, but good thing it was while uh, we were. <laughs> That's true. I'm still wiping the wall down over here. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. All right, so Debbie, you know this this is one of our favorite times of year with uh, us messing and dealing with the paranormal world, and uh, you know the little frightening, little scary things happening in all kinds of homes around the country and around the world, but. Uh, uh, you, you've got to deal with these uh, pretty much on a daily basis, it sounds like, when, it, when especially when you're doing your research. So let's start. Where, where did you start doing your research and uh, what made you go in that direction? Um, I actually started in college. Uh, one of my psychology professors was a parapsychologist, and he would come in on Mondays and tell us about where they'd investigated um, that weekend. And... One day I just connected with one of the photos he showed and told him everything about that place he needed to know. And that's what launched it. That's where I started. So, oh, and you grew up in a haunted house. Is that right? I, um, my great aunt's house was haunted. And and so what was your first experience with that? As And how um, old were you? I was four. Oh. Wow. And he was my first ghost. His name was Nathaniel. He's in Stalking Shadows, his story. And um, he lived in the, on the second floor of my great aunt's house because it wasn't used. It was used as storage, and I used to play up there. And one day I met him, and he was my first real best friend. Oh, we wow. talked, we colored, we, we played. He was very protective. Um, he actually had died in about 1853, and he, when he was alive, he had some... Um, 
challenges. He was he was um, disabled. And back in the Victorian days, if you were disabled um, or mentally challenged, you were kept hidden in an attic or you were kept away from society. Hmm. And his house was actually torn down to make room for the gas station two houses away. And he moved over to the upstairs of my aunt's house. Wow. I've heard that before where they'll sort of relocate if the space, that, especially if they're living upstairs, because once that is knocked down, you don't hardly ever see ghosts just hovering two or three floors above the ground. <laughs> right. No, no, they, um, it depends on the ghost, actually. <laughs> um, but no, he, um, most, a lot of ghosts will relocate if their place is torn down, um, unless they're tied to the land, in which case whatever's built there, they're going to inhabit. But is it the, is it the house or is it the people that they attract themselves to? Because why would, I mean, what's, what, is that kind of like us going house shopping? I don't, you know, that's. Or well, it... he was so used to being in a attic mm. and to him, I guess my great aunt's second floor looked like an attic. It was used for storage. There was tons of stuff up there. So it's probably where he felt the most comfortable. Wow. Hmm. And how old was he? In 1853, when he died, he was, I believe he was in his 20s. Wow. Oh, so he was young. I yeah. love this. And then um, when I got married, coincidentally, I ended up in that house. Oh, wow. And uh, <laughs> first thing I did when I got back in the house, because I hadn't been in it since I was 15, um, I ran up the stairs to the second floor to see if Nathaniel was still there. And um, I was immediately engulfed in a huge ghost hug, which kind of feels like walking through Jello. Mm. And he was so happy to see me. And I see, you know, I didn't mind if he was there. And then when I had my son, and my son got a little older, he started talking to Nathaniel as well. And I said, "Well, you know, it might be time for him to go." And it took a lot of convincing, but I had to convince him that when he went into the light, he would be healed, and no one would make fun of him. Mm. And I had a couple of. Um, the guides I use on the other side to help guide him to the other side. And when we moved out of that house, I was the last one in the house and I went upstairs to make sure everything was gone. And when I turned around to face the door to walk out of my son's room, Nathaniel was standing in the hallway and he was totally healed and he was healthy and he was strong. And he just said, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. Wow. And he said, till we meet again. And I said, later <laughs> he was he was gone and and i see that you're a psychic medium when when did i mean because when i was a kid i used to see a ghost an old man in my home that but i didn't play with him i just used to you know, see him every so often but uh what what made you again open up the that journey of being a psychic medium when did you realize that like eddie has a great story about coming out as a psychic medium so or more psychic than medium but what was your story with that um, that was Nathaniel. So it was. Oh wow! He's the one that began your began your journey. He's the one that began my journey. I, mean, I could always see them. I just didn't realize what they were until I was about four or five. That's still that's amazing. It, being it, four it, or five. <laughs> it, it, this is but a, you know it's it's like breathing. You know you you you're used to it. It's it's my normal. And it, it's so funny because I think it's the normal that it's supposed to be for everybody. Meaning, I think we're all supposed to be well-versed with spirit, non-physical, the pure positive aspects of it, in other words. And so many people think that what we do is so weird. And it's not. It's just other people have been 
socially brainwashed, I guess you could call it. That's a great way to say it. That's a great way to say it. Do you find that Nathaniel may be one of your spirit guides now that he's back in the light? No, he's not. He just sort of, he'll, he'll meet you when you get there as it were. He'll, he'll, he'll be there when I get there. He's um, actually with um, his parents right now. I love this. That's a great story. I know. That's a great story. I want. I want to let's talk about uh, stalking shadows because this mm-hmm. this is like oh this gives me the, the really <laughs> but because you know you hear like I said I grew up with a ghost I'm I think Eddie saw a ghost you know where he grew up but a lot of times we don't hear about the in our, at least in my family the the terrifying true encounter so what 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 are some of the terrifying true encounters that you uh researched and how did you find the 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 stories um a lot of times people come to me Mm. i put my email addresses in all my books i'm on facebook i mean people find me and that's what i want them to do um sorry about that it was one of my cats um (laughs) I thought it was I a three, ghost. <laughs> I have three go figure, right? Um, actually, one of my favorite stories in the book, and I guess the strangest one, one of the strangest ones I've ever been on, was the first one, which is the man in the mirror. And, you know, mirrors connect as portals to the other side. And when that door's opened, anything can come through. Oh. And I'd heard in theory that it's possible for a spirit to be trapped in a mirror, but I actually ran into one that was. Hmm. And he was trapped in an old antique mirror and he was being very destructive in the room the mirror was in because he was so desperate for help. And um, it took me a while to figure out he was actually in the mirror. <laughs> and what I did is because my uh, the head of our team, James, he was there videotaping and it makes for pretty dull tape if they just film me standing there because I communicate <laughs> telepathically. So for the camera, I will use a pendulum. So I was using a pendulum to talk to speak with the spirit and I actually had the pendulum right by the um mirror and the bottom of the pendulum the the pyramid hanging on the bottom of the pendulum actually pulled up against the mirror. Oh. It's like the whole changes bent and it went against the mirror. And I went, "Oh my god, are you in the mirror?" And he went, "Yes, please help me." And I told James we needed a break and we walked in the other room and he goes, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I don't like to do it, but I'm going to put my hands on the mirror. I'm going to let him follow my energy, come Ooh. through me and go out and, and go into the light. <laughs> and um, James said, that's great. What's plan B? I said, that's all I got. There is no plan B. This has <laughs> to work. So that's what I did. It's the only time I've ever allowed a spirit to come through me was um, that one time. But it was the only way to free, that I knew to free that spirit. And he, he did. He came through me, left me, and went right into the light. He just paused long enough to say thank you, and he was gone. And that's, and that's all it took. And you were, took. Yeah, and you were, uh, you were obviously aware of the fact that it was a nice spirit, as it were, meaning it, needed, it literally was just trapped, and it just needed a way out. It meant nobody harm. It just harmed. needed a way out. He was so desperate. He was so scared. I have no idea how long he'd been in there, but it had to have been a number of years. Wow. And at that point, he was willing to do anything just to get out of the mirror. You know, back- but his, his, his energy felt great. He had a real light energy. There was nothing dark or heavy about him, um, which is why I caution people, if you, ha- if you think you have a violent spirit, sometimes they're not really being violent to hurt someone, that they're just desperate to get help. 
That's amazing. We've actually had that, that happen amazing. in more than one case. You know, I know back in the uh, old days, which for me, that was in the 60s. Um, but back in the old hey, days. If you remember the 60s, you didn't live the 60s. <laughs> yeah, I was just a kid. <laughs> and uh, you know how they would, uh, back in the uh, in the early centuries, they would literally put like a cloth over the mirrors mm. Yes. whenever someone passed away because they did not want them to get trapped in the mirrors. Yes, that's true. That. It's fascinating. In fact, it's still practiced in uh, some religions today. Wow. I wonder if they do it in New Orleans. Um, it's mostly in the Jewish religion, I believe. Really? Yeah. I, I just learned something that. new. And what what yeah. is it about the mirror that traps them? That's what I can't understand. Um, normally, it's just like a, a, a portal. I mean, they can if that door's open, they can come in and out. So I still, I have not figured out how he got trapped in there. I really haven't either. Someone put him there, um, which would require someone very well versed in, a, in some type of chaos magic. Um, I, I honestly don't know how he got there. That's... I didn't even think to ask him honestly. I was just wanted to help him so bad. And did he ever reveal his name? Um, Zach. Zach. I love that we're just calling them names and that they're real and that it's not a, quote, spooky phenomenon. It is reality. <laughs> I love that. That makes it so much more grounded for uh, the listeners, I find. Yeah, well, I mean, the first one of the first things they do is tell me their names. I love that. What's the weirdest name you've ever gotten? Um, like Shaka Khan or... <laughs> no, the weirdest name I ever got was that of a demonic. Ooh. And uh, that was Amon. Yeah, and what happened there? Um, <laughs> Eddie's on this edge of his seat now. I know, I'm like... <laughs> <clears throat> Amon, um, you know, this was, I don't know, 15 years ago now, 16 years ago now. Um, I honestly, at that point, did not believe in demons. I'd never run into one. And... Uh, I'd heard about this house, this mansion that uh, someone was attempting to rehab from a friend of mine. And I just moved out to a new area and I didn't know where anything was. And um, I just met this woman and she invited me to her house and she told me how to get there. And I was driving down this road and I literally felt like I ran into a brick wall. I slammed on the brakes to my Jeep and I literally spun my Jeep around. Thank God there was no one behind me. And I went what the heck was that? And I looked over and I saw this huge mansion and I'd never felt energy like that before. So I'm like, whatever. So I went to her house and told her, she goes, Oh yeah, that's the house we're going to. Oh hell. <laughs> and I'm like, great. Cause I couldn't wait to get in that house. And, um, we went over to the house and I walked up the front porch to the front door. Now, mind you, we're talking a 6,000 square foot house, three stories. Um, I walked up to the front door and when I put my hand on the doorknob, I heard like a big dog growl from behind the door. Hell no. <laughs> that, that, that was warning number one. I blew that off. I'm like, you know, do they have a dog? And she said, no. And I said, I just heard a dog, like a big dog. And we looked all around in other people's yards. I mean, it's a huge piece of property. There was no dog. So we, we went in the house um, through the side entrance. And I immediately, you know, it was... The side entrance was an addition to the house that was put on in the early 1900s. And when I crossed the threshold into the original part of the house, the whole energy changed. It felt dark. It felt heavy. And I immediately went to the front door. Well, the front door was mm. bolted shut. It, there was wood across. There was no way you could have opened that thing. And um, so we started exploring the house. And we went up to the third floor where there was a spirit of one of the original owners. And I talked to him for a few minutes. 
And then I went down to the basement and I walked into this one room and it was the only room in that house that had a dirt floor and I in the basement and I walked in that room and I turned to my left and there was a hole in the far wall that looked like it went under the front porch. So I started to walk toward that and I just felt this energy push me back. Everything went red, like bright red in front of me. I couldn't see. Um, I stumbled out of the room. My vision started to clear. I ran up the stairs and I ran out of that house and I'm, I didn't understand what happened. So not understanding what was happening, of course, I kept on going back. <laughs> and um, I realized I was dealing with this, some very powerful spirit, but it still hadn't dawned on me that I was dealing with a demonic. And um, so I kept going over, which is so stupid, never do this. I kept on going over and like poking this thing with a stick to see what it would do. And one day it, I was driving back from my friend's house. It was like one o'clock in the morning and something made me stop at that house. And I stopped at the house and I looked up at the windows and like this thing Mm. came out from the wall, this, this beast, this horrible thing. And I felt all this energy and I got back in my truck and I drove home and I found a friend of mine online who was a demonologist and I said, you're not going to believe what I saw. It was so cool. And I told him about it. And he's like, you idiot. That's a demonic. Oh. That's a man. He's a lower prince. He commands 30 legions. Each legion of demons is, t- is comprised of 10,000 demons. So do the math. Oh, my God. So like an idiot, I kept going back because now I had to learn about this thing. There's Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. So I can't know because I figure if I ever run into these, I need to know what it can do, how powerful it is, how it reacts to certain things, and how to get rid of it. Um, so I kept going back, and I kept um, – not. Really, I, would, I don't want to hesitate to say provoking because I really wasn't provoking. Um, it was starting to go after my friends. Um, if I took one of my friends by the house, not even in the house, but by the house – Within two days, either someone in their family would be in a car accident or they someone would be in the hospital. Oh, wow. So I kept, wow. I quit taking anybody by there. I quit talking about it. And what this thing was effectively doing was isolating me, which is what demons do. So the only thing that you have is, is them. And by the time I realized it, it was almost too late. And then when I started fighting back, then it started attacking me in my house. Oh, at night, I could see it come into the room. I could hear it. I couldn't stop it. It can't come through Skype. Can it? <laughs> it no. can go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, probably could. And um, so one night I said enough. And I said, I'm going to get rid of it. And I learned how to get rid of it. And I went to get rid of it. And at the very last second, I stopped. And I didn't get rid of it. I said, no, I can't do it. I oh. said, because if I get rid of you, it makes me no better than you. And I'm way better than you. So what happened? So, um... The house was torn down. Um, they filled in the basement. They did not take the basement out. And the basement is where his nest was. No. Yes. And now they're building houses on that oh, property. No. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. So I am um, going by there about once a week. I'm just monitoring the situation right now. Um, about once or twice a year, a man will pop in and let me know he's still around. Well, can you just it's send a nothing drone over there? Nothing bad. You know, we've had a conversation we're we're kind of at a stalemate right now, you know. Um, but you no, know, every every couple, every two or three times a year, I'll feel his energy around me, and uh, I just go, yeah, okay, I know you're here, and then he leaves. So why does a demonic spirit or Amon or is that Amon? Is that right? 
Amon. Well, Amon. Yes. Why would he choose that house? Is there something about that you found out that that house uh, Ooh, burial yeah. site or Indian? No, that house um, was actually pre-Civil War. Uh-huh. Um, the original, the the man that actually built the house was a very nice man, very um, giving to the community, just a wonderful man. Um, eventually elected a state senator who died his first year in office. Hmm. His son, however, was not so nice. There's always one. There's always one. His son was not so nice. Um, his son's daughter, Mabel, um, eloped um, in 1880, December 27th of 1880, and she died mysteriously uh, March 24th, 1881. Wait, did she elope with someone of her class or someone beneath no. her class? No. And so that's why she was found dead. I would want to die because my name was Mabel. <laughs> so, no, she, um, we can't find, I haven't been able to find a death certificate of hers. No. All we know is it was under mysterious circumstances. Oh my God. I'm getting a feeling like she could have even been pregnant too. It's very possible. Um, she was actually buried in a glass coffin um, mm. a quarter mile away from the house. So you know they had money. Near Oak Tree. A uh, big pine tree. Oh, my Lord. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Eddie, he's, uh, he looks like he's like well, I'm watching that. scared to death. I mean, this. <laughs> I, I, actually have, I actually have bricks from that house when they tore it down. I Are you some- really? kidding me? Yeah. Did you bless them? <laughs> oh, gosh, no. You know, you could just send a drone over there. <laughs> and, just, and they say, hi, Amon. How you like me now? What, now, when you have some something like this happened, uh, you know we've all seen the the movie Exorcist. Have you ever have you ever uh, got holy water or a priest like- or I mean, have you got somebody that religious wise to come and help? <laughs> I, I mean, wouldn't trust religion. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wouldn't need it, but I would call I, Debbie I, before I, I called my priest. <laughs> I mean, now if I had the chance, I'd take him out. Oh Without yeah, that's that was going to be my next question. Now that you know what you know, now that I know what I know, I would take him out in a heartbeat. That makes me happy. So, so you said you've had talks with him. Why, why didn't when he started approaching? Um, because he's under a wall of cement now. No, he's really not. Oh <laughs> lord. <laughs> um, there just wasn't enough time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I wasn't prepared for it. I, he caught me actually when I was at the cemetery, um, talking, uh, at Mabel's grave. Um, he actually showed up there and I, I obviously wasn't expecting him to show up there. And we had a little conversation and, um, so it did have something to do with Mabel. Like he's, I don't think so. I think, think he so? just knew I was there. Oh, okay. oh yeah. He's following you. Okay. Yeah. Because once you've been touched by a demonic in that, that way, once it's been in your life, mm-hmm. um, the reason he keeps coming back two or three times a year is just to let me know that no matter where you go, I will always, I can always find you. It's, it's their attempt at an intimidation tactic. It just doesn't work on me anymore. Well, and to wear you down. I know one of the things uh, the negative entities thrive on is fear, scared, anxiety, yes. and all of that. That's their fuel. And so if you're scared and freaked out, then they have way more power over you. Right. And, yeah. You're just, you're actually feeding them. And I have a chapter in, uh, you know, fear's the enemy. Yes. And I know it's hard to tell someone, don't be scared, but really don't be scared. Oh my God. I would be sitting there. I would totally poop on myself and I'd be smiling. <laughs> I would. Everybody that loved me would leave me because I stink so bad. But I'd be like, I'm okay. I'm on. <laughs> well, I, I, I just, 
don't really get scared anymore. Well, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, and plus you have so much light around you too. I know we're going to go to a commercial break for just a second. We'll be back in about fifteen seconds, Debbie. Okay. Okay. Don't go anywhere. I won't. All right. This is Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie. I'm Tony Sweet. I'm Eddie Connor on Universal Broadcasting. Be right back. We hope you're enjoying today's show, which is sponsored by Earth Friendly Products. For over 40 years, Earth Friendly Products have brought you the greenest home merchandise for all your family needs. Learn more at ecos.com. That's ecos.com. Now back to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth Be Told with Tony and Eddie. I'm Eddie Connor. And I'm Tony Sweet. And we have with us the amazing, phenomenal, amaze balls, Debbie <laughs> Chestnut. She's got some books here. I want you to hear about this, How to Clear Your House of Ghosts and Spirits. Another book is Is Your House Haunted? And then the other one, what is it? It's uh, Shadow. Stalking Shadows. Stalking And then a shadows. new one coming out. Ooh, let's talk about the new Something one. Something Wicked. This way comes. <laughs> it's actually about negative entities and possession. So what's your biggest gripe? Let's see, I would love to go to the movies with you and just sit there <laughs> and we'll be watching something like Scary Movie 1 or Poltergeist 3 and 7D or whatever, you know, they do how they over-sensationalize everything. What is your biggest gripe, Debbie, when you're going to see a movie like Annabelle and, and you see so what they do <laughs> versus the reality of it? What's your biggest gripe? I don't really have a gripe because what they're doing is entertainment. Yeah, that's a great and, perspective. Um, you know, it's a horror movie. You you know what you're getting. Um, I think a lot of them are very well done, extremely well done. Um, not entirely accurate, but it's it's entertainment. You know, it's it's fun. I mean, I remember going to see the original Exorcist with Linda Blair. Ooh, that yeah, still and. I was like laughing hysterically, and my friend, <laughs> like, and I'm like, "This is the best comedy I've seen all year. This crap doesn't happen, you know." <laughs> but is there any movies that you've seen that go somewhat similar, or there now, are? You know, what, you know what really freaks me out? This is so funny. What? You know what? There's a show on television that I literally will have to DVR and watch during the day because I cannot watch it before I go to bed. Oh God! Don't say something like Oprah. <laughs> Paranormal Witness. Oh. oh, yeah. I won't watch that at night. I, I will, oh. I'm will. i like you. I will DVR that, and I'll watch it in the middle of the day eating me some uh, Pringles potato chips. <laughs> but I don't watch that stuff. And I don't go to really scary movies. I went to see Insidious 3 because I had friends in it. And I, I went at 11 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. <laughs> oh, my God. I swear to God, popcorn still won't well, come near well, me. You got half price. <laughs> yep. But, so, so well, Deb. You know, um. I mean, this show's like Paranormal Witness, a haunting. Um, yeah. I mean, they're really well done. What about what about very well go, done? What about ghost animals? What about them? Have you ha, have you interacted with any of yes. them? Like the first thing I remember seeing uh, when I started doing this work professionally was I saw this black cat, this woman. She was a microbiotic chef, and she wanted to get a reading, and I was looking at her. This black cat walked in the room, walked in a circle around her, and then jumped up into her lap. And in midair, it disappeared. Yeah. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and um, she, I didn't, nobody knew this, but she was in North Carolina for this week-long retreat. She had to put her cat mm. the day she left New York oh. to come to the retreat. And she was so scared she had made the wrong decision. And 
that was the first thing I saw. And she just burst into tears. I burst into tears. And then we ate really healthy food after that. I bet you did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what about animals with you? Yeah, I, I see them. Um, I don't really interact with them that much, but I, if they're there, I will see them. You know, I mean, I've seen, um, we were out doing a, um, a haunted barn and, um, one of the owners of the barn was walking toward the house and behind him was a horse and I thought it was feeding time. And I'm like, why is he not feeding that horse? And I walked up to him. I said, why aren't you feeding that horse? And he said, what horse? I said, the one behind you. And he turned around. He goes, there is no horse behind me. I'm like, no, really, there is. <laughs> and um, he said, what does it look like? And I told him, and it was a horse he had had to put down a year before. Oh, and it's still hanging out with him. It was hanging, it was hanging out with him as his horse. Debbie, how do you see um, beings? Like, do you see them in your third eye mostly? Do you see them as physical, three-dimensional? Do you see them as holographic or a combination of everything? What do you see? A lot of times I see them with my third eye. Um, sometimes I see them and, um, which is really confusing to me sometimes. Well, yeah, because, you know, I'll see them. They look very real and, um, you know, you'll stand there and you'll be having a conversation and then you realize that everyone's looking at you and then you realize, oh man, I'm talking to air. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's happened to me a couple, like in Barnes and Noble, happened to me once in Barnes and Noble. That, talked kind of to this lovely gentleman about a book, and then I realized he was a ghost. Wow. I, I was just telling Tony about three weeks ago, not the same incident with the popcorn on a you know weekday morning, uh, but I was sitting in the theater, and it, it was a weekday, though, at about uh, three or four weeks ago, and I looked over in the row next to me. There were only three of us in the whole theater. That's my favorite time to go. And there, Yeah, there was a guy sitting in my row in sort of not period outfit, but more like in the fifties or whatever, he sat probably 10 seats from me. And I thought, and I just politely said to him telepathically, let's not talk during the movie, you know, let's just watch the movie. Right. And, and if you're still here, maybe I'll go out that way instead of this way. But I don't see that so often, but I'm starting to see it more. Is it because I'm waking up to it in your opinion? You're waking up to it. Yeah. Lord. You know, the easiest thing to do is practice. Okay. And, but I don't need to be going like, uh, dead people, dead people come to me. None of that. No, chan- no, no, no chanting. They'll, they'll find you. Oh, okay. <laughs> never mind. Never cancel. Cancel. So let no, me. No, I, I, I use the analogy um, that imagine it's super dark outside oh. and you turn on a light and every bug in four counties is going to come to that light. Yeah. To the spirits, people that do what we do, um, we're that light. Lord. And you know, your light's bright, by the way. Thank you. You got a big, I mean, in the South, we say you got a big ass bright light girl. (laughs) But it is, it's very sunshiny and gold and all of that good stuff. I mean, you've got a really good light and a presence and an energy about you. It it actually is this lovely sincerity too. And thank God you've got a good sense of humor. You have to. Some people don't. You can't do what I do and not have a good sense of humor. I don't think um, so. I think one of the most interesting experiences I had, and I think I put it in Stalking Shadows, um, we were doing this haunted barn, and um, the man who owned the barn, um, it, it's a different barn than the one I just told you about. He actually read, raised thoroughbred horses. And um, he was digging a trench in the floor of this old barn, the, the dirt floor of this old barn, to put in water lines, because he was going to use it uh, for birthing, birthing stalls. And as he was digging, he came across two little 
bundles wrapped in these old colorful blankets. Oh, Lord. And when he unwrapped one, it was a baby. It was a skeleton of a baby. Mm. Yeah. And the second he unwrapped it, something grabbed him and threw him 30 feet across the barn. Oh, wow. So he got up and he wrapped it up real fast and he reburied it and he called our team. Actually, he, he called a couple teams and a couple teams went out and they went in there with the intention of getting rid of this thing and... They had metal rods thrown at them. They had tools thrown at them. I mean, they were literally chased out of there. I don't go in like that. So I walked in the barn, knowing what I knew. I walked in the barn and said, look, here's the deal. I don't care that you're here. I don't want to get rid of you. I just want to know your story. I just want to know what's going on. Where'd you come from? What are you? Because you're not a normal spirit. Uh-uh. And um, you could feel the whole energy in the barn just kind of go whoosh, you know, just calm right down. And so we started doing our investigation, and um, I was up in one of the haylofts, one of the lofts. You were brave. <laughs> um, and I thought my partner was standing right beside me because it was super dark in this barn. And all I could see was this even darker outline of someone standing next to me, and I thought it was uh, James. And I went to touch his arm and went, hey, James, and I my hand went through him, and it was this. Oh, and it was doing that to me all night. It got to be hilarious. So finally, I said, okay, I think I know what's going on. The barn had been a stop on the Underground Railroad. <gasps> and I, we believe that um, some of the, a couple of the women had, had a baby and they had buried it. And either using voodoo or hoodoo had summoned an elemental to protect those babies. Oh, love that. So it really wasn't violent. It wasn't trying to hurt anybody. It was doing its job. It can't differentiate between good and bad. It's just doing its job. Right. And so, of course, once it's unearthed and it can't do its job anymore, it's going to come after you. Meaning once the babies aren't protected anymore. Well, he's there to protect the babies. Yeah. So if you come in that barn and you threaten to get rid of him, he's not going to go. He has to protect those babies. So you're gonna, you're the one that's going to go. Could could you approach uh, something like that and say, you know, we want to give it a proper burial at, at you know another a cemetery, or would that? Ever... I wouldn't. <clears throat> no? I wouldn't. I mean, the man who owns the barn was perfectly content just to oh, leave it alone. He'd already built another barn behind this barn to mm-hmm. use for his horses. And he's, you know, this thing's been here a long, lo- lot longer than I have. That's good here. That's just, plus we think there's a lot more people buried under that floor. Feels like. Besides mm-hmm. just the babies. And um, so once, you know, I was dealing with this elemental, um, there was another entity is that there as well. And it was after those kids. Hmm. And it kept on saying it's after those kids. And I couldn't figure out what it was. <coughs> And I said, um, you need to tone your energy down so I, because I can't feel past you because your energy is too enormous. You need to buffer your your energy so I can feel what else is here. I'll try to help you. And it agreed and it toned way, its energy way down so I could absorb other energy in the barn. And I felt a real negative energy in there. And I said, there's a real negative energy here. And uh, he said, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know what to do. I can't get rid of it. And I said, well, I'll help you there, but you need you need to stay out of my way because I don't want to accidentally get you out, too. Hmm. And so I managed to gently extract this other entity, this negative entity. And uh, we were all sitting around. We were pretty much done. It's like 2.30 in the morning. We're all kind of sitting on the floor of the barn and uh, talking. And I said, oh, man, I could really use some light. And we looked up and we heard something. 
and it's it lightning it there was lightning in the barn oh, oh wow. i love that just a couple flashes of lightning and i went yeah thanks found the keys <laughs> <laughs> wow you know i'm i'm having this image uh, i'm assuming the barn was close to woods or nature in some way, shape, or form, but yeah. it's leading me to a question to ask you. I keep almost getting this image of you out. Like I did a reading for a friend the other day, and in the reading, we were talking about her six-year-old daughter. And I said, I keep feeling like your daughter is talking to three trees, or three trees are talking to your daughter, or she's writing writing a story about three trees or something about trees. I said, whatever it is, it feels like it's a real thing to me. And she was like, she's wonderful. I love Rita's person. Her daughter was writing a song about three that bumped up against their property that the new owner in the adjoining property came in, saw down these down. three huge, gorgeous, 300-year-old trees oh to, put, to put in a stupid little garage for a Prius. <laughs> Yeah, which made me more mad. But the trees were reaching out to me in the reading saying that what the little girl is writing about is our story. She wrote a little story. She wrote a little song about it. So it, that's the sequ- uh, prequel to this thing I'm going to ask you. So, Debbie, I keep getting this image of you like out in sort of the woods or a clearing and the wind is blowing gently or something. And I literally get the sense that you can hear them and or something that was talking to you out in a, in some experience you had in nature. Does that make any sense? Oh my gosh, it's so funny to say that. What happened? I was up north last week, at, uh, um, um, up in northern Michigan, which is very heavily wooded if you've never been here. And, um, you know, I have a, I have a one-year-old lap. So, um, I got up really early one morning. It was like, I don't know, five o'clock in the morning. I got up. There's no one up there. So, I mean, I'm in my pajamas. I just grabbed the dog, threw it on a leash. We went out for a walk. And, uh, I was walking along the woods on the road by the woods. And I kept on hearing something heavy, like walking in the woods next to me. They're so thick up there. You can't see what's in there, but I could hear it. And I knew it wasn't a deer because when deer move through the woods, they're totally silent. You can't hear them. And I'm like, okay, what else is up here? Wild turkeys. It could be anything. And my dog was going insane to get in there in the woods. And we came to a, a lot, an open lot. And he pulled me in there and we went in there and I heard like, I can't even describe the noise I heard. It's, I mean, I know it wasn't a bear. I know it wasn't a deer. I don't know what it was. And it just kind of didn't hit me right. I said, come on, we got to get out of here because there's mm. something not right here. And I made him go back to the house. And then that night, um, my brother and I uh, took the dogs out and we walked. I said, come on, we got to go down here. You're coming with me. I said, you're not going to, I heard something down here. And this morning, and he said, well, what do you makes you think it's still there? I said, it's still there. I know it is. You have to come with me. And he goes, why do I have to go with you? I said, because you're a guy and you're bigger than I am. <laughs> 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 and he's like, oh, my God. So, okay. So we went down there, and I said, we have to go in this clearing because it's in here somewhere. And we went into this into this thing. Of course, neither one of us brought a flashlight, so we're relying on moonlight and stars and the dogs. And all three dogs just started to go insane, and they have two little Shih Tzus that are like five pounds. <laughs> but um, one of them patches. He thinks he's a Rottweiler, so it was right. fine. <laughs> and um, they started going nuts, and we heard – 
like these heavy steps again going through the woods. And but it was going away from us and we couldn't chase it because yeah. we were stupid and didn't bring a flashlight. So we don't know what it was, but um that's what happened and then the next day I was at I was at, uh, there by myself cuz mama got into town and my brother was at work and I was making my brother a birthday cake cuz it was his birthday and when my dog started barking at the front door and I was looking at the front door I could see it out the window and there's no one there so I go and I look there's no one there I go back in the kitchen and I hear someone by the front door whistle like they're whistling for a dog and I'm like, there's no one here. There's no one here. And I ran to the front door. There's no one around, no one there. And I said, oh, you know, whatever. So I shut the door. I shut and slashed the screen door, shut the inside door, made the dog go lay down, went back in the kitchen. And I looked out the window and the screen door opened and then it shut. No. I think it was my mom's, um, one of my mom's, my mom's husband, Don, her, his, her, who's oh, deceased. Wow. Yeah. It feels like it. Well, Debbie, we just have a few minutes left, and I can't believe it's going so fast. Don't we're, leave we, us. I know. <laughs> but, but, you know, not everybody has access to a psychic or somebody like yourself that knows how to get rid of ghosts. In your book, How to Clear Your Homes of Ghosts and Spirits, how can someone, you know, ha- doesn't know their gift or have the gift uh, that's up to where you and or Eddie has, what can we do to clear some ghost. I mean, I mean, demonic may be something different, but, oh, but, but ghost. Don't even mess with a negative energy. <laughs> yeah. Get help. That's yeah. first thing. Second, I found the easiest way, and it works like 80% of the time, is just to talk to it. Hmm. Oh. It's just so simple. It's just, hey, no fear, no anger. You don't have to yell and scream at it. Just, hey, you know, I know you're here. And um, if it's not doing anything violent, of course. Right. You know, set some rules. You know, I have a spirit that lives in my house. I don't care that he's here, but there's rules. Yes. You know, you stay out of the bathroom um, when I'm in there. <laughs> you don't come in my bedroom. That's right. And um, if you have little kids, you leave my kids alone. Don't mess with my animals. Um, and that's it. You know, if I'm watching a television show, do not change the channel. <laughs> oh, God. That's true. You know, um, just very simple rules and you can set down these rules and it might take two or three times, but eventually it's either going to adhere to the rules or it's going to leave. Um, another easy way is to have someone come in and, and do a, do a cleansing like with a smudge stick or sage or frankincense and myrrh, mm-hmm. um, which is actually my choice. Frankincense I prefer and frankincense and myrrh to a smudge stick. Okay. Um, incense. And you just do a cleansing and you can say a prayer or, um, you know, if you're not particularly religious, you can, um, you know, say I'm, you know, sending out the the bad energy. I'm bringing in the good, whatever they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I like um, one of the prayers of St. Michael. I'll use that. Um, the main thing is to remember is that, A, don't be afraid, and B, take ownership of your property. Mm, that's good. It's your space. Take ownership. And you can cohabitate well that way, right? You can cohabitate with a spirit. Yeah. I you know, I do it. Um, I know a lot of people that cohabit. I know this one couple, they have a spirit of a Victorian little girl in their house, and they've decorated a room in period things. Oh. And that's her room. And she's very interactive. Like, if you throw a ball up the stairs, she will bounce it back down to you. Oh, Lord. I mean, and they just love her. They don't want to get rid of her. She's perfectly happy. Hmm. 
and they have a room all set up for her with Victorian clothes, Victorian toys, Victorian furniture, and that's her space. And she knows the rules. When they say you need to go to your room now, she goes to her room. I love it. I do too. Well, Debbie, will you please come back and yes. join us again? Time, guys. You are just amazing. You're amazing. You. And uh, everybody, go to Debbie with an I, D uh, E B I, Chestnut. That's Debbie Chestnut.com. You can get all her books. You can find out more about her. Maybe even have a house that you might need help with. <laughs> or uh, it would be fun. I wish Daddy and I, one of these days, can actually go, come out and maybe go on a. I know we will watch you. <laughs> Eddie does not like doing it, <laughs> yeah. but I we're we're gonna actually do some stuff here in in L.A. Hopefully soon. Here, yeah. like maybe the Queen Mary or something like that. Oh but. well, maybe if you're if you're gonna do stuff in L.A., maybe I'll fly out and hang out. With oh, you guys. that would be Hercules. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> but uh, you know, you're the best, and we want you to. Uh, uh, make sure that uh, you're always welcome here, and uh, any of your ghost friends, you know, as long as they don't stick around and scare the hell out of us. That's oh, all. Oh no! Okay, by I'll that, see what I can do. he means actual <laughs> friends of yours that are physical who do what you do. We don't want no ghost friends. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Um, Thanks, but anyway, anyway, so everybody that's listening and, or watching, uh, if you missed a uh, majority of this show or if you're picking up on podcast, make sure you can go to YouTube, watch the video on YouTube, uh, go to iTunes, Stitcher, tune in, and of course, now we are on iHeartRadio. So, uh, Debbie, again, thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. All on. right. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, my dear. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. And I have to say, Eddie, I love this woman. I do too. I'm totally digging her. You know, even the title of her books, How to Clear Your House of Ghosts and Spirits, is your house haunted, stalking spirits, and then the one that's coming out soon, Wicked. Yeah, I mean, she's definitely dedicated to everything she's doing. Her heart is so in the right oh, place. Yeah. She just wants to educate some people and, on how to be interactive with non-physical. Exactly. And, you know, th- this time of year, it's uh, people think that uh, October and ha- Halloween is more active. Actually, it's not. It's, you know, ghosts are active all year round. That's right. It's and, only active for candy corn. I'll eat me some candy corn. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have our second guest. That's right. Deborah Robinson, another paranormal researcher and author and psychic. That's right. So you guys do not go any. We'll be right back. Bye, y'all. 